I'll begin reading this, this morning from Acts 27, verse 17. Acts 27, verse 17, they're in an awful, awful storm in this text. Paul is on a ship that is in a storm because they're out of the will of God. They, were supposed to, they weren't supposed to go in that direction. God warned them, but now they're in a storm. In Acts 27, verse 17, it says, When they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship. And fearing lest they should run aground on the Sirtis sands, they struck sail and so were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. You notice that. Verse 19, on the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. That's a dark place, right? I mean, there's no hope. This is bad. And Paul stands up and speaks in verse 22. And now I urge you to take heart, to cheer up, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me, this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. In other words, your purpose is greater than your storm. You're going through this for a purpose, and this is a part of your purpose. This is a key to understanding this story and the lessons in it. And he says, you've got to stand before Caesar. Now jump down to verse 29 real quick. It says, Then fearing lest we should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors. Notice that. They dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, when they had let down the skiff or the lifeboat into the sea, under pretense, they were pretending to put out anchors from the prow. And Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Verse 29, it says that they dropped four anchors from the stern and that they prayed for daylight to come. Apparently, one of the keys to surviving the storm is being anchored right, being anchored properly. I'm preaching on that word anchored because it's just a matter of time before everybody goes through storms. This is a true story. It happened on March 27th in 2009. This was a story about two NFL players and their friends. One of them was a college football player about to go pro. And they were in the Gulf of Mexico and they were in a tragic accident. They were fishing and having fun and a storm came and they saw it coming and they had put out their anchor and this is what the news said. It said that the NFL players and their friends in the Gulf of Mexico has concluded that it was caused when the vessel wasn't properly anchored, the boat capsized. And the story ends by telling how the Oakland Raiders linebacker and two others were lost and killed And only one lone survivor stayed out at the sea 
holding on to something that was floating for two days. And they end this story by saying this, that overall, it was just a mistake in anchoring. Apparently, anchoring is a very important thing in the natural. It is a vital thing. And that's why the scripture mentions here that they put out four anchors that would keep them from drifting too far into the rocks, that would keep them from drifting into disaster. You see, you've got to have your life anchored. And that's what I'm talking about today because God doesn't just want us to go through storms. He wants us to grow through them. If you're going through something, it's not because God is sadistic or he wants to see you hurt and he wants to see you struggle and he wants to see you discouraged. Don't just go through the storm. Grow through it because storms can make you stronger. Like it or not, weathering storms build our strength. And there is a purpose for the storm. It's to build your faith, to build your confidence, to build your praise, to build your prayer life, to build your dependency upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to give you three things that Paul instructed them to do when you're in a storm. Number one, when you go through a storm, the first thing he said in Acts 27 and verse 17, he said, brace up. Brace up the ship. And so they see a storm coming and they they know it's going to get bad. And they say, you know, we're about to enter into something. We better brace the ship up a little bit. It needs a little reinforcement. And the way that they did that in Bible days is that the sailor would jump off of the ship with a large thick rope and he would have to swim under the ship and they would take it up the other side, they would tie it, and then they would have to do the process all over again, undergirding that ship, embracing that ship, making it strong enough to go through the storm that was coming. And I believe that's a powerful instruction when you understand that this is what you are to do when you get in a storm brace up your mind with the word of God. The first thing you ought to do when you hit rough weather, spiritually speaking, is brace up your mind in the word of God. Think straight. Take control of your thoughts and brace up your mind with the word of God. Scriptures like 1 Peter chapter 2, by his stripes I am healed. I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. What does that do? It braces you up. Declare the truth of God's word in the midst of your circumstances. You know, Job chapter 8 and verse 7, I love this passage. It says, though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. You could say it like this, where your beginning will seem unimportant, where you, or where you begin will seem unimportant, but your future will be successful. And you know, when you're going through the storm, you don't feel like that. You feel like you don't have any future. You feel like you don't have anything ahead of you, but you undergird your mind. You brace up your mind with the word of God. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, Before I was formed in my mother's womb, God called me and ordained me. He knew everything I would go through, and he's given me the faith that I need to get to the other side. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, it braces you up when you declare the word of God. For I know 
know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. One translation says you have a future filled with hope. Man, you need to hear that when you're going through the storm. You have to brace up your mind with the word of God because if you don't, fear will take over. Worry will take over. Depression will take over. Discouragement and disappointment will take over. And so you brace up your life with the word of God. Give God a hand clap of praise. You don't run from church when you get in a storm. That's when you need the body of Christ like never before. So brace up your mind with the word of God. Secondly, Paul said in Acts chapter 27 in verse 30, he said, cheer up. When you're in a storm, it's no time to have a pity party. Cheer up. Hope must rule your heart. Control your attitude. Cheer up. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It could be so much worse no matter how bad your storm is. It could be so much worse. So cheer up. Listen, the message of Christianity is victory, not victim, not depression, not despair. The message of Christianity is victory. This is the faith that overcomes the world. This is the faith that hell can't stop, that demons can't stop. And you have an anchor that is stronger than lies and all the enemy brings against you. So cheer up, cheer up and be of good cheer, Paul said, right in the middle of the storm. Hallelujah. He's leading you, the scripture declares, from place to place in perpetual victory. Get that down in your spirit this morning. God's not leading you to defeat. God's not leading you to devastation. He's leading you to perpetual victory. And don't you quit now. You undergird your life. You undergird your call. You undergird your business and your purpose with the word of God. Cheer up. Brace up and focus on what you have. Strengthen that which remains. Hallelujah. And then lastly, he says in Acts chapter 27 and verse 18 that they began to lighten the load. Listen to this. They began to lighten the load with their own hands. See, the truth is Paul and them apparently went to different ports and they picked up stuff that they didn't start off the journey with. And before you know it, your life gets full of stuff. But the thing that a storm will do is that a storm will come and it will cause you to see all the extra stuff that you have taken on board that really doesn't matter. The responsibilities, the distractions from the main purpose of our calling in our walk with Jesus Christ. And so when we go through storms, suddenly they start throwing things off with their own hands. Quit waiting on God to do everything and take your own hands and you say, you know what I'm going through something there goes the baggage of complaining I'm not going to complain all the way through the storm there goes the baggage of depression there goes the baggage of fear there goes the baggage of past failure there goes the baggage of unforgiveness and bitterness you have to unload when you're going through a storm and just get down to what's essential and that's Jesus hallelujah Because when it's all said and done, the weight of that extra baggage can sink your ship. And the Apostle Paul put it like this. He said, lay aside every weight that does so easily beset you. I want to give you three things that the enemy often tries to hit us with when we are going through the storm. And this is baggage that we have to lighten up, that we have to throw overboard. Number one, insufficiency. When we go through storms, the enemy wants to attack us with a spirit that says you're insufficient. 
Not enough education. Not enough talent. Not enough money. No, but I've got enough God. And if I've got enough God, he'll take me places I've never dreamed. And he'll send me where he wants me to go. He pays the bill. Hallelujah. Get insufficiency off your boat. You're going to get to the other side. Number two, insecurity. You ever hear the words, I can't do this. You hear that voice that says, you're going to lose. Insecurity, throw it off of your ship. Number three, the last one is insignificance. When you hear that voice that says, no one really needs you. You're not important. You're not right for the part. You just put yourself there. Insignificance. But when you hear those voices in the middle of a storm, that's when God is saying, I'm letting you go through this. So you'll throw all that stuff off and be who I've called you to be. Confident and bold and courageous and stand there in your faith not in you but in your anchor and your anchor is Jesus Christ hallelujah listen to this this morning the boat doesn't keep itself in the storm it's the anchor the responsibility is on the anchor and Jesus is our anchor he's the rock of ages and everybody say right now I want you to say this brace up cheer up And I want you to lighten up, throw it off, and keep on going in Jesus' mighty name. You see, when people are anchored improperly, it can cost them their life. You know, I was, this last Friday, I was going for a run around a nearby lake, and I like to go running occasionally, and they had the road blocked off where they were doing a search and rescue And I saw in the news yesterday that a 36-year-old was out swimming when the storm passed through. And uh, he wasn't able to get back to the boat with his friends. They weren't able to see him. They lost sight of him. And this 36-year-old ended up drowning in the water. And we need to pray for their family. But you know what? If we're not anchored right, we can so easily drift away. If we're not anchored in Jesus, if we're not anchored in the truth of the word of God, we can drift away and we all go through storms and there's going to be times where you have to, you just have to deal with it. You've got to deal with the trial. You've got to deal with the hardship. You got to deal with gossip. You got to deal with lies. You just have to brace up through the storm and say, I'm going to make it through in the mighty name of Jesus. Paul said it like this. He said, endure afflictions to make full proof of your ministry and to do the work of an evangelist you're gonna go through opposition you're gonna go through affliction if you only knew over the last several years and pastoring the kind of things that people say even just on social media just stupid stupid things foolishness absolutely full and you know have you ever noticed that usually the people who are the most critical are people that oftentimes don't even go to any church they just sit at home And yet they criticize the whole body of Christ and say how pastors should do this and how preachers should do that. And and they're really not accomplishing anything for the kingdom of God. And when you answer the call of God and you set out to do what God has called you to do, get ready because the opposition is going to come. Get ready because the storms are going to come. Get ready because the affliction is going to come. But you got to brace yourself up with the word of God and say, I'm going to go right on in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping. I'm going to press through and Jesus. Jesus mighty name you've got to brace yourself up with the word of God you've got to brace yourself up and know what God has called you to do you got to know that you are a child of God and if God be for you who can be against you hallelujah you know one of my favorite things is when people say 
you know, you should dress like a pastor. Thank you. You should dress like a preacher. Well, I'm sorry. I haven't read in the book of Acts where they were wearing a suit and tie. I just haven't seen it. Nothing wrong with it if you want to wear a suit and tie. But Paul never wore a suit and tie. Jesus never wore a suit and tie. The tie wasn't invented until the 1600s. And somehow we've adopted this custom into the church and made it a standard of, of righteousness. And if you don't fit their standard of righteousness, then they start leveling attacks against you. And then they try to criticize you. Just show me it in one scripture. But you know, what happens is people get so consumed with the minors and the insignificant things and the things that really have nothing to do with the word of God. And so that's why you've got to be anchored in the truth of the word of God. You've got to be anchored in what God has called you to do. You've got to be anchored in the word of almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we get to the part of the story in the book of Acts where the Bible says that they got to a certain place and Paul said, we put out four anchors. We wanted to make sure that we were properly anchored in the middle of the storm. You know, I heard a, a story from an author that happened in 1979 in the Miami, Florida area where there were four young guys that were living on a houseboat on the Miami River and they were told that Hurricane David was coming in and that it was going to be a rough one. And so being inexperienced and novices to hurricanes, they tied up their houseboat, which was their home. They tied it up to the pier and, and they even ran cables to trees up on the land. And then there was an older guy that came by. He was a man of the water. He was a sailor and he walked by and he said something to them according to the guy that, that told the story. He said this, he said, if you tie to the land, you'll regret it. Those those trees and those piers will be eaten up by the incoming hurricane. And then he made a powerful statement. He said, your only hope is to anchor deep. Your only hope is to anchor deep. And he said, when you get out there in the deep water, take four anchors and throw them out in four different directions and then pray. What a profound thought. That you go out into deep water. The only hope is to anchor, to go deep in God and throw out four anchors. Now, I want to give you the, those four anchors real quick. The four anchors. Number one, the first anchor that will keep you afloat when you're going through the storm is the anchor of purpose. I'm here for a purpose. My purpose is stronger than the storm, and purpose doesn't change in a storm. I want to give you two things about purpose. Number one, purpose predates your conception. Jeremiah said, before I was in my mother's womb, you had a plan and ordained me to be a prophet, and you had a call on my life. So my purpose was before my conception in my mother's womb. Secondly, about purpose, my purpose, wasn't, was, my purpose was planned without my input. God said, this is why you will be put on this earth. He didn't ask your opinion. He put something in you that you don't even know that is unstoppable as long as you are doing what God has called you and purposed you to do. And you've got to focus on your purpose when you get in the storm. Focus on the purpose. Focus on what's ahead of you and not what you're going through. You see, losers focus on what they're going through, but champions focus on what they're going to. I'm going to say that again. Losers focus on what they're going through, but champions focus on what they're going to. And that's why Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 2 says it like this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Why? Who for the joy that was set before him. 
He was looking at the shore. He wasn't focusing on the storm. He had a prize. He had a reward. He had something in front of him. His purpose for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. What enabled Jesus to make it through his storm on that cross that Friday afternoon was what he was seeing, his purpose. He, he saw what would happen on the other side of the crucifixion, and that's what you have to do. God has used sinners. God has used failures, but God cannot use quitters. So you have to drop the anchor of purpose and say, God put me here and God called me and God gave me this business and God is for me. He's not against me. There's a divine purpose connected to my life and the storm will not stop me. I'll focus on the shore and I'll make it through the storm. Hallelujah. I'm not going to talk about what I'm going through all the time. I'm going to talk about what I'm going to. Clap your hands and shout if you believe it this morning. I've got a purpose and you've got a purpose. Hallelujah. Number two, the second anchor that you have to drop is the anchor of courage. When you get in a storm, you have to courage up. That's why he told Joshua four times, be of good courage. Get some courage when the storm comes. We don't whine in the middle of a storm. We don't fall to pieces in the middle of a storm. We stand up and say, I have Jesus with me and I can make it through this storm. I'm grieving. I'm hurting. I'm broken. I'm devastated. But you stand up with a spirit of courage and say, if God be for me, who can be against me? I'm going on. Hallelujah. Courage. Hallelujah. Courage is the ability to finish the race, even if you're in last place. I'll say that again. Courage is the ability to finish the race, even if you're in last place. Courage is forgiving a friend who let you down. Courage takes tenacity. Courage keeps on. Courage is refusing to allow sickness to steal your smile or steal your joy. But you say, you know what? I just believe that God's not through with me. And I drop the anchor of courage. And I drop the anchor of purpose because my purpose is greater. My destiny is greater than my dilemma. And God's going to take me through to the other side. I just believe it. Come on and shout amen this morning. Hallelujah. Courage is trying again. Courage is dreaming again. Courage is saying, I will not quit. I am going to keep on going. Hallelujah. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is doing it in spite of fear. I'm afraid, but here I go. (laughs) Hallelujah. Don't lose sight of the shore in the storm. Number three, there's a third anchor that is so important. And it's the anchor of worship. When you get in a storm, we are not called to be a bunch of whiners that whine about how bad and dark the storm is. Worship, not whining, is what we do in storms. It's what Christians do in storms. You see, we don't worship him for what he's done or what he's allowed us to go through. We worship him for who he is. Jesus is the captain of the sea. Give God a hand clap of praise this morning. Courage and worship. See, worship is God's address. When you begin to worship, God shows up. 
And the most powerful thing you can do when you get in a storm is not whine, but worship. Throw up your hands, open your mouth up, and with broken hearts and with devastated minds, you begin to worship God. And as you begin to worship, answers start to come, and victory starts to come, and breakthroughs come. Don't let the enemy steal your worship. Drop the anchor of worship and say, nothing is going to stop me. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want somebody to worship with a clap this morning. Hallelujah. And here's the thing. Some of y'all might be listening and saying, I'm not in a storm. This doesn't concern me. Can I tell you something? It's just a matter of time. I said, it's just a matter of time. You're either about to go through a storm, you're going through a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. But no matter what, just brace up with the word of God because the storms are coming and you will need this word. Amen. Amen. One more anchor when you get in a storm, you've got to be anchored. This is so important to the body of Christ. It's very natural to drift. You get busy and just start drifting, but when I'm anchored, then I can only drift so far before I feel the tug back. If you're saved, then you are connected and attached to an anchor, and that anchor will hold you back. As the psalmist said, your word I have hid in my heart that I will not sin against God. And just when you start to, it'll pull you back. Just when you start to give up, it'll pull you back. Just when you feel yourself drifting off into temptation and depression and fear, the word of God will pull you back. For those of you who are raised up in church, there was an anchor that was put on you at a young age, and you look back on the years when you ran from God, but it was the power of the covenant that held you back from so many tragic, terrible things. And you ought to shout because if you're in church, it's working on you, and the covenant is working on you, and working on your children right now. Hallelujah. When they're down there at the altar, they're getting anchored to a rock that is immovable, that is unshakable, that is steadfast and sure, and that anchor is Jesus Christ. Don't drift away from that anchor. That anchor is there to sustain you through the storm. That anchor is there to sustain you through the trials and the hardships of life. That anchor is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There's an old song that says, put your hands in the hands of the man who stilled the waters. That's Jesus. Amen. Jesus is your anchor. Jesus is your sustainer. Jesus is the one who will carry you through to the other side. Are you anchored this morning? Are you anchored in Christ Jesus? I'm not asking you to anchor yourself in Faith Worship Center. I'm not asking you to anchor yourself in a religion or a denomination because a church didn't die on the cross for you. A religion didn't die on the cross for you. A preacher didn't die on the cross for you. Jesus and Jesus alone died on that cross for you 2,000 years ago and you've got to be anchored in those nail scarred hands. You've got to be anchored in Jesus and I can tell you, you will make it to the other side. You will come out of this storm. You will. I've got news for you. Jesus is in your boat and when Jesus is in your boat, your boat will not sink. Hallelujah. Having Jesus in your boat does not keep the storms from coming, but it will prevent your boat from sinking. Are you anchored in Jesus this morning? Give God a hand, clap of praise, hallelujah.